This is Sound Awake on SAFM. Almost 10 minutes after 4 a.m. Central African time, it's time for us to get into the trendy conversations that were taking place this past 72 hours, that is throughout the weekend. And we're going to be chatting to Mpumelelo Mashifane, who is a journalist, social commentator and publisher of 031 News. Good morning to you, Mpumelelo. Good morning, Sheila. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Fantastic. Quite a bit to cover on the list this morning. Let's start off with the Santon bomb threat. Now, the city of Santon Precinct held an evacuation drill on Friday morning. This I didn't know about. After the U.S. Embassy said early in the week that they had received information about a suspected terror attack being plotted in the suburb of Santon. Like they wanted to, well, they had estimated that this attack would manifest on Saturday. But we saw things take place all the way in Santon on Saturday, like the Pride celebrations. Uh, talk to me about the conversations around uh, the build-up to Saturday. Yeah, Shayla, um, uh, of course, that uh, U.S. Uh, security alert uh, uh, surfacing in the middle of last week and and. and uh, with the, with uh, the United States Embassy warning its staff and uh, citizen, U.S. citizens in the country to avoid uh, the part of Greater Santon as um, there was a planned terrorist attack uh, that was planned for Saturday the 29th. Of course, that uh, started a few hours with uh, local authorities saying that uh, there was nothing to the threat, and if there was uh, uh, something, then the authorities were dealing with it, uh, and 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 that uh, sort of carried on until uh, Saturday, where there was sort of this anticipation that the conversations uh, happening on social media as South Africans would ordinarily have in Shayla. Uh, <laughs> you know, we made a big joke about it. We were like, um, you know, there were all sorts of things going around on, 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 on social media about about the sentence on TikTok videos making, you know, some tongue-in-cheek joke about it. Uh, but uh, South Africans just really did not take it seriously. Uh, and 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 uh, but that, that that was sort of a mixture of a different number of things, of different reactions from political parties. The EFF coming out quite strongly and saying uh, the United States Embassy must corroborate uh, this security alert with evidence, otherwise uh, they're just creating chaos and pandemonium in the country. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a mixed bag of chips. But um, on on Saturday, the big event that was planned in in, in Santon, uh, the 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 LBGQ, the LGBTQI plus march uh, that was was uh, was was scheduled uh, basically the day Pride mm. uh, took place, and we we saw senior leaders of government. Uh, Including the Minister of uh, State Security, uh, being in Santon uh, to to just to allay fears from people walking around and saying uh, they, they've got maximum security out. They're making sure that everything is safe 
for anyone who might be in the greater Sandton area. Uh, of course, we knew there was also the Soweto Derby on Saturday, so uh, there were fears about that patch that's written based on uh, at the F&B Stadium, so there was high impact security also there as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, that, that's what became of, of the Sandton territory. Um, it just ended up being a big joke on social media, uh, Shayla. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I actually witnessed a few said in person by a few people I know, and I, I was stunned because throughout the week we had been sort of covering this conversation on the news. And also what I found really interesting is that bystanders were saying, but why didn't the U.S. Embassy report to uh, those who deal with security within the country's context? Why did they feel the need to publicize this information on their own? And something that caught my attention was the Santon City GM, Preston Gaddy, uh, saying these particular words, I can confirm that on Friday at approximately 6.35 a.m., a planned training a simulation was conducted because of this uh, supposed alleged attack. Now, what do you think is going to having move? Uh, what do you think is going to happen moving forward? I see that that the Liberty Two Degrees Group is still monitoring the the, the environment and and Santin areas and large crowds uh, specifically. Do you think that we're going to continue? talking about this or is it you know just water under the bridge well i think on the one hand um it is a signal and an indicator uh of of something um i think we shouldn't make too much of a joke about it although the manner in which in which it, it occurred i think was diplomatically wrong the united states embassy should have notified uh, the South African authorities once if they detected threat, and in conjunction with with with, with the local authorities decided um, how to if there was a need uh, announce that uh, you know um, and I think that's what um, the Minister of State Security was also at pains to say it was that um, if such a if such a threat is detected, uh, the, the 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 objective is to neutralize it. Uh, from a, from a, a, a law enforcement or, or, or point of view, uh, it's not to create chaos about it. So it's not to publicize it so that uh, you create chaos and create disruption uh, for everybody, um, uh, whereas it's not verified and it's not corroborated by any evidence. Um, so, but uh, indeed, we saw uh, local authorities in Sankton and taking that threat seriously and, 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 and just planning ahead in case of any eventuality, in planning some evacuation drills in case anything happened uh, uh, for the major events that were planned around. But not only those major events, we know Sanctuary is, um, you know, uh, the, the economic nerve center, really, of the century. And so people are always in Sanctuary for different reasons, People are in Sanctuary for pleasure. Um, uh, important people are in Sanctuary at any given point in time. Uh, and then uh, I think that was what was being uh, just planned for in case something happens. Fair play. I think we can leave it at that and move on to the next hashtag. Uh, where we are looking at Brazil's elections. Now, Bolsonaro has taken the lead, I understand. Walk me through what's currently going on. I know that there are some publications that came out this past Sunday just speaking to the Brazilian elections. 
Yeah, we spoke about this, uh, Shayla, on the show um, about four weeks ago when yeah. uh, the initial round of Brazilian presidential elections was held uh, without an outright majority winner. Uh, and we, we sort of discussed uh, what the system there works like, that uh, in the elections of the president, there must be a majority uh, winner, somebody who wins with a, a clear majority of the vote. So that's a, a 50 plus one uh, of the vote. Um, it's not just simply uh, a majority over the other. Where, for an example, if one candidate uh, got 42% and the other, 48% and then the, then the latter would be declared. It's not as such uh, in, in, in Brazil. It has, uh, the candidate has to, uh, you know, uh, get more more than 50% of the physical vote. And so we had those uh, that initial round of elections taking place about four weeks ago without a, an outright winner. And, and, and as the constitution of the country went to state, that a second round of elections must take place, and that was what was taking place yesterday uh, in, in in Brazil. Of course, at this point, and the last time I checked, about an hour ago, uh, the incumbent Jair Bolsonaro was in the lead only by a margin of like 0.4 percent uh, uh, against a uh, popular uh, uh, revolutionary leader of Brazil, Lula da Silva. As you'd like to know, um, and 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 it's it's that close call, uh, and right now it's really hard because it's really hard to call because um, you you check it now and it's at 50.2 versus 49.8, mm. uh, and it just keeps on just swimming back and forth between those uh, 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 fractions of a percent. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that final tally once all results have been crafted. What does this contestation between the two sort of uh, markers indicate about both leaders? Well, um, the, 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 the incumbent, Jair Bolsonaro, uh, is, is seen as a sort of uh, a leader who's leading more to the right. Uh, whereas uh, former, uh, uh, the former president, uh, Lula da Silva, is somebody who seems to be leaning left in terms of the policies that he's championing in, in government. We know that uh, he is responsible for uh, uplifting a lot of Brazilians out of poverty and passing policies that were that engaged and empowered quite a lot of Brazilians uh, during his term of office. Uh, around 2007 or so, and uh, that led into what was uh, that what became known as the Lula moment, uh, uh, because it was it was that crossing of the Rubicon moment for Brazil, uh, where he actually bit the bullet and took uh, uh, you know decisions uh, to implement policies that would uh, benefit the majority of Brazil uh, who, who of Brazilians who. Uh, who remain uh, really in the far classes of poverty. Brazil being a country much like South Africa, uh, in fact, of, in terms of uh, the inequality standings in society, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, uh, contemporary historical uh, material, in terms of how the country 
is structured politically and so forth. So uh, a lot of people, uh, I think at the time that we spoke about this four weeks ago, I said the situation was really similar to the one we have in South Africa, where, uh, you know, you you have the former president, uh, Jacob Zuma, who seemed to be uh, implementing nationalist and sort of socialist policies uh, you know, uh, and, 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 and somebody like President Cyril Ramaphosa who seemed to be uh, leaning more uh, to the right in terms of his policies. So, uh, you know, really amenable to neoliberal policies that are free market-based and that are based on, 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 on sort of the Western ideological superstructure of governance. Um, so that's 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 the fundamental difference uh, between the two, is that uh, Bolsonaro is more neoliberal in terms of his political outlook, while uh, former President Lula da Silva is more nationalist and 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 more socialist in 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 um, his political outlook. Shela. Thank you so much, Mpumelelo, for that explanation, truly highlighting the differences there. I think we can move on. Uh, the next conversation I'd like us to have is the minister addressing uh, the public on Sunday to state that the department's readiness for matric students to start uh, setting for their final exams taking place from this Monday, I believe, um, whereas there was an addressing about load shedding and how load shedding won't affect this process. Um, how are people responding to it? I know I, I have a little sister and I promise you there is a part of her that's probably like, oh, damn it, <laughs> which is not a great thing. But I want to understand the general conversation around this. How were parents responding to this conversation and what was the public saying? Yeah, from um, from a, 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 a total perspective, uh, I think it trended that the metrics are, uh, are starting out their exams officially today. Uh, while really uh, some of them started in the past week, but those are the ones that do subjects that have uh, practical examinations like uh, complete computer applied technology, uh, like those who are doing hospitality studies and so forth. Uh, but in earnest, uh, the, the, the the real exams, you know, uh, English paper one, as you would, you would know it, uh, <laughs> is the beginning of the metric exam. So, that takes place today, and uh, uh, the, 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 the Minister of Basic Education, Angel Mitzosa, uh, giving a, a, a set of readiness address uh, over the weekend about uh, what the department uh, stance is in terms of the 2022 uh, National Certificate Examinations. And the Minister is saying that uh, their state of readiness is at 100%. They are ready to deliver this year's metric uh, 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 examinations, uh, counting some close to a million people sitting for these exams, you know, 780-something uh, students sitting full-time, another 186,000, I think, uh, sitting uh, part uh, who are part-time students sitting for these exams, uh, you know, some 256 inmates in the correctional system also counted amongst those. Mm. And um, in terms of the load shedding, uh, this was expressed as a concern to say, how disruptive is this load shedding going to be towards 
uh, the senior uh, certificate examinations. And and um, uh, the minister also stressing that this is something that they are acutely aware of. This is something that um, uh, is on on their plate, and 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 it is worrisome. But uh, from the general public, it wasn't a sentiment that sort of. Uh, uh, pushed through too much uh, on the Tusa streets, uh, so to speak, Shayla. Uh, but people wishing matriculants uh, well uh, on 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 the beginning of this this journey. It marking really the end of the year, um, and and those were sort of the conversations that were happening. You know, uh, people saying, "Yeah, once you once matriculants start writing exams." And, we must know that the, the year is really over. You know, there's only a couple of weeks left. But I think South Africans are highly desensitized to the load shedding issue right now from a conversational perspective, uh, Shayla. They're not uh, really engaging so much uh, about, except to just lament about the load shedding um, issue in, in, in the country. I suppose that's a positive throw, uh, given our current disposition. I mean, COVID came and sort of wrecked the education system in terms of just having children being able to proactively participate as they would normally do so. And so this should be a positive move towards rebuilding the education system and just ensuring that children go through what they need to in order to graduate, so to speak. So props to to, uh, the Department of, of Education for really sitting down and thinking on that one. Yeah, I think uh, this is the first uh, time we've returned to normalcy since uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. So it is a really the first year where students have had a full year of school uh, without any disruptions. Uh, life has pretty much gone back to normal with uh, schooling activities resuming along, you know, normal lines uh, instead of the usual, uh, you know, breaking classes into half. Uh, this, these ones coming into school today, those ones coming into school tomorrow. I think this year we've had really a return to normalcy in the schooling system, and it's, it's the first time post the COVID era or the COVID pandemic that uh, uh and and uh, students alike uh, or, or learners alike have have had a full year of school, and and uh, uh, post that then sit down. Uh, to have the examination. So uh, definitely uh, kudos to the Department of Education for for that. It's a mammoth task. Uh, they deal with uh, a lot of a lot of uh, people, as I was saying, close to a million people are sitting for their matric uh, examination, Shayla. So I think it's a feat in any which way you look at it. That is all we have time for Mpumelelo. There were other subject matters that we were supposed to cover, but however, we are pressed for time. So I must just thank you, firstly, for giving us extensive uh, sort of information pertaining to these uh, trendy conversations that took place over the weekend. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And uh, uh, a great week ahead to you and the listeners at home. Likewise, the voice of journalist, social commentator and publisher of 013 News, Mpumelelo Mafshifani, uh, really walking us through the trendy conversations taking place on social media and in social spaces over the past 72 hours. Time for some music. I see that Simpiwe Dana is on the playlist with this one titled Fellas Azania.